What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Life's a Garden. I gotta tell you guys, it is a extremely special day. And when you think about it, every day is special, you know? Every day is just another day that we get to be here, living life, enjoying life, loving it. But for me, it's just a little bit different now. Um, I am absolutely blessed. I have been, I have been blessed on multiple occasions in my life, and I don't take a single one of them for granted. I count my blessings all the time, and uh, today is another one of those. And we're gonna get into all that, so stick around, and you'll find out all about it. But first, let's kick it off in the most traditional way we know how. Get out that beautiful, ice-cold Coors Light. Those mountains are blue as can be. Oh, you can really taste the mountains in that. Gotta tell ya. Crack yourself open a cold one. We're getting ready for another great episode. It's episode... 136 of Life's a Garden. Thank you all for joining me yet again. Cheers to all of you. I hope you're having a fantastic day, a fantastic week, enjoying life, living it to its fullest. You deserve it. Um, just a beautiful time to be alive, you know? No matter what, no matter the, the situations in life, whatever gets you down in life, there's always a road back up. So just remember that. Remember anytime things are bad, all you got to do is keep positivity in your heart and it'll come back to you. You know what I mean? Always remember that. Just I just want to get that right off the bat. You know, sometimes people watch this show and I don't know if they catch all the all the good messages, all the positive messages, and that's my main message always. And usually I save that toward the end sometimes, but I want to start this episode in case, you know, if, if, if you're a first time listener and you, uh, you're just, you you, a lot of people, you know, short, short attention spans. So it's hard to watch long form media and I get that, you know, that's why I like to make the clips. The clips are, I, I, it gets a little bit of the information from the show out. It gets our funny parts out, some of the rants, things like that, you know, make a five minute clip. And it's hard to get people's attention and, and hold on to it, but God dang it, I just want to get the the solid message from this podcast out to the world straight off the bat. Keep positivity in your heart, do positive things, speak positive action, and it comes back to you, man, because what you put in the universe, it returns to you. Trust me. Trust me when I say that, man. It's It's, it's the law of the universe, and it's a real thing. Now, I want to get started. I'm going to get this I'm going to get this bad boy started off with a heater, okay? I have been waiting to address this for quite for well, not not a long time, but as the second the second I I could, the second I had the opportunity to, I I wanted to to address this, okay? So, here in Billings, we just got our very first Chick-fil-A. Um, and as per usual, for some fucking odd reason, anytime a new restaurant, and honestly, it's only restaurants, anytime a new franchise restaurant, let me add, if a, as soon as a franchise restaurant pops up here in Billings, Everybody and their fucking dog floods to check it out. Now it would be it would be 
ideal if a new local restaurant would open up, a new brewery. Eh, breweries actually get quite a bit of business. But if a new local restaurant opens up, it doesn't get half the attention that a Chick-fil-A gets in a single day, on its opening day. And the point I want to make about this, okay? I'm sure there's several points I want to make about this, but the opening day of this of this Chick-fil-A, okay? We knew it was coming. It was announced. They they had said it's going to the grand opening will be whatever day. And so <laughs> they had the news. So so they were already preparing also for for traffic jams, for people blocking up traffic and taking up parking space in the in the Walmart parking lot and things like that. They were they were prepared for for mass hysteria, okay? Cuz we've seen it before when Sonic came, you couldn't get a Son- you couldn't get in line for Sonic for for weeks because people just had to have Sonic, which sucks anyway. Um and so they were already prepared for that. They had police there to make sure that things didn't get out of hand. So that right there tells you everything you need to know about the kind of people that we're dealing with here, okay? They, the city already knew, hey, new fast food restaurant in town, better involve the police. God forbid everybody doesn't lose their shit over this thing, right? We got to make sure we don't have we don't have riots over this chicken sandwich. So they got the cops there to to keep order at the Chick Fil A, so that so that the hungry hungry fatties don't eat each other before they're able to get their hands on a chicken sandwich. And so the news shows up, cause cause here in Billings, Montana. When there's a brand new franchise restaurant, you better get Color 8 out there to, to broadcast it, right? This is, this is top-tier news in Billings when Chick-fil-A comes to town. They got a full news crew out there. It's like 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And they're like, we're going to interview the first person in line. Okay. So so they go up to interview the first person in line. And wouldn't you know it, it's a big old fatty fat. And this fatty fat 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 chick, they ask her, how long have you been waiting in line? She's like, oh, I've been here since 1 a.m. She's like, I haven't slept all night. I've been waiting since 1 a.m. for this thing. And then, of course, she's, I mean, there were not, she wasn't the only one. There was a whole fucking line of cars that had been waiting since 2 a.m., 3 a.m. People got up. People set their goddamn alarms so that they could go get in line at Chick-fil-A. So they could be first in line. Now, what I have to say about that is, if you're, if you're somebody that has to be anywhere for its debut. Like, I don't even care, like, if it's a movie, if you sit in line for hours for a movie or or days ahead of time so that you're the first one in line for a movie, for a fucking uh, new iPhone, if if you waste a day of your life, hell, if you waste six hours of your life standing in line for anything much less a chicken sandwich uh you're boring do you even have a life you're boring there's no chance no way that any single person who's willing to stand in a line for anything on this earth, much less chicken? There's no way in hell you can carry a conversation that's worth its salt. 
There's the only thing you can have a conversation about is salt for that matter. Like that's how boring you are. You can tell me the salt content on a chicken sandwich, but your conversation ain't worth the salt that makes that sandwich. I'll tell you that right now. You, you're probably the most boring motherfucker. If you have the time to waste waiting on food, you're boring. You're boring. And you have zero life. That's all I could think of. was like, this is what it looks like when people don't have lives. It's the same trope of, like, you know, the, the incels that wait in line for Star Wars movies. Everyone's like, oh, these guys are fucking virgins. They probably stay in their mom's basement. If you wait in line for a fast food restaurant, what the hell does that make you? For real. Get a life. Now, far be it from me to tell you how to live your life and whatever you think fulfills your life because that's my whole message. I want you to fulfill your life in whatever way possible. But holy shit. Here here's the here's the most <laughs> Here's the most fucked up part about it, okay? These people waited like 6 hours in line. For a Chick-fil-A. My money says. They could have drove. Six hours. To the nearest Chick-fil-A location. From here. There's got to be a Chick-fil-A. Within six hours of here. So for you to <laughs> wait. Six hours. You could have done that anytime. You didn't have to wait. You could have just. You could have done that before the grand opening. You could have gone before that. Drove six hours and got your precious chicken sandwiches. Which, by the way, I might add, Chick-fil-A might be one of the most overrated restaurants I've ever eaten. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not bad. It's fine at best. But to say it's just, it's this crazy good food i mean i've had better chicken sandwiches at wendy's to be to be quite frank with you i, I remember going to have chick-fil-a for the first time my buddy mac he over talked this thing to the moon he made it sound like it was liquid like it was i was eating the finest chicken that had ever been bred and i, I ate it it was good and I, that's all I had to say. It was, it was fine. This was fine. Yeah, it was all right. And and he almost lost his mind that I didn't think it was just the most the most delicate cuisine I had ever eaten in my life. This is no delicacy, okay? Make no bones about it. It is not worth waiting. It's not worth waiting in a five car line, much less a fifty car line. So if you're willing to do that. You're boring. And I feel sorry for you. Now, like I said, whatever gets you off, whatever makes you think life, that, that, that gives your life any purpose, more power to you. But I, 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 would, I would go out on a limb and say there are much better ways to spend your time. And there is much better food to be eaten. It's overrated. Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking Chick-fil-A, man. People. Um, I also got to talk about this. Uh, this that, okay, so I'm, I'm a little behind on this, and that's pretty typical for this show. I, I'm, I'm fairly behind on most, like, topical events, unless it, like, just happens before I record. But, you know, I get the guest episodes, too, and I like to focus on the guest mo less... More on the guest and less on current events, things like that. So generally speaking, I get kind of behind on current events. But I want to give my my take on this, uh, the, the cop from Tennessee who slept with six co-workers on the job 
And uh, now I'm not here to to say any. I'm not going to say really anything that probably hasn't been said here. So this isn't going to be this isn't going to be like anything noteworthy. But the reason I even want to talk about this, okay? So as I understand the story, this gal slept with. Uh, she, she kind of just became a meme. That was kind of the whole thing. It wasn't even really a story. I'm sure it was a local story. And the only reason it really became a story is because of the memes. People were making memes about it. Um, and I th- and the main reason I think it was, was A, a it was a cop. B, um, it was a woman cop who had slept with all these dudes. It wasn't the other way around. And third, like... I said I said A, B, and third. What if... <laughs> and C, she's... She looks like the most innocent human on Earth. She literally looks like Cindy Lou Who. She looks innocent as fuck. You would never imagine that face would would be slutting around and, and sleeping with the, with the whole force, right? And so... The reason I'm even bringing this up is... The other night I was at the bar and somebody was scrolling their phone and they saw one of these memes and they're like, I just can't believe that. Like, why is this such a big thing? And I'm like, well, because I mean, and I kind of explained what I just explained to you. And they're like, well, I just think it's kind of fucked up that they're slut shaming her like this. I was like, hmm, well, is it fucked up that she's being shamed? Or is it fucked up that she cheated on her husband with six other guys on the job? What's more fucked up is my question. Is it more fucked up to shame her for her shameful behavior? Or is it more shameful to cheat on your husband with six of your coworkers on the clock? Just saying. What's more shameful? You know what I mean. And what's and then and then after explaining this, they're like, "Well, I just think it's also fucked up that the guys aren't being, uh, they're not getting the notoriety, or they're not being like blasted, and they're not getting in trouble." I was like, first of all, they are in trouble. I mean, it's the things they did on they they also were fucking on the job, which isn't good. And they, uh, I'm sure, got suspended or fired or whatever. I don't know exactly what happened to them. But I know they got in trouble, just like she did. Now, the other thing is, they had sex with her. She had sex with them, as in multiple. That's why she's getting more of the flack. Because she's a repeat offender in said case now they are offenders they if they they offended the the job by by sleeping on the job or sleeping with somebody on the job and she's a multiple offender and then you know who i really feel sorry for in all this her husband because now they're making like nobody's talking like they're, they're they're not talking about how he's being shamed he and he is completely innocent in all of this so he's getting blasted on these memes, getting kind of made fun of, or, or being joked about. He's the one I feel sorry for. Fuck her. She deserves all the shame she's getting. And look what she did. She brought shame onto her family. She brought shame onto her husband, who had nothing to do with this. And so if you're going to defend her and be like, well, they're slut shaming her. It's like, fuck yeah, because she's a slut. And it's like, it's one thing if she's sleeping with a bunch of people and single. First of all, you still shouldn't do it on the job with your coworkers. That's less shameful. It's so shameful to do it while your husband, like, behind your husband's back. And she said they were in an open relationship, but then he came out and was like, uh, that was never agreed upon. So maybe, like, if that was the case, different story, a little bit. But like I said, this guy's an innocent bystander in all this. He's he's just having to take the lumps and be like, God, like now I gotta have my face out here because you went and fucked the whole squad. 
God, now he's the one I feel sorry for. So don't don't be defending her for slutting around when you got dude over here just I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he fucking took his own life over all this. Like this is that's embarrassing, dude. That is embarrassing. And we should feel sorry for him. And he's the one who shouldn't be being made memes about. She is. Also now, I got to talk about this George Santos guy. Now, if you don't know who that is, he was recently elected as the representative, uh, a representative in New York City or New York State. Um, he represents the Long Island District, if I'm not mistaken. Now, this guy, <laughs> uh, so he, 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 let me just give you a little background on this guy. He is a member of the Republican Party. He is gay. He was a cross-dresser in, or a drag queen, whatever the proper term is, in Brazil for a time. And everything he has said, see, the funny thing is, like, the left are going to, like, be like, well, so, so, let me explain real quick. So, he's, he's lied about everything on his resume. He talked, he said he was Jewish. That's not true. That he was saying like his his grandparents died in the Holocaust. Not true. Not even Jewish. He said that he uh, I can't even remember all the claims he made, but he made all these wild claims. He might not even be gay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And like everything he said has come back as like not true. He was like accused of stealing money from like veteran charities, things like that. He's got a lot of like shit coming out about him. But the funny thing about it is. The left are going to be like, he's a, look, see what these Republicans, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're going to they're gonna pinpoint the fact that he's a Republican. But then you're like, he's also gay. And then they're, and then they're all going to be like, well, uh, uh, gay people can't be bad. Like, that's not impossible. Tell that to Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> oh, man. But this Santos guy, so, he, so he's lying about everything, right? And everyone's like, well, I can't even believe he still has a job. And I'm like, pretty sure that's the number one qualification for the job, is to lie. You, t- you give me a politician that ain't a liar? Now, this guy's a pretty, like, crazy liar. Like, he's lying about shit he doesn't need to lie about. And that's probably what the most crazy thing about it is i mean why would you need to lie about being jewish why would you need to lie about uh whatever else i like i said i wish i could remember some of the stuff that he was saying but why would you need to lie about half of that stuff and uh so 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 he is crazy in his lies but they're not as, they're not nearly as harmful as some of the lies that these other politicians have told right like, a lot of these politicians have bankrupted people. They've murdered people. They've had people killed. They've had people silenced. They've had people fired. They've actually done real damage to other people's lives. Hell, they've changed, they've changed full-on legislation by lying. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think this dude is right for the things he's done. But don't... It's such a double-edged sword. You can't get pissed off at this guy for lying about simple shit. And then, and then, I mean, like I said, crazy shit to lie about. But then you're going to turn around and be like, eh, Nancy Pelosi's cool. Like, she's still great, even though she's lied through her teeth again and again. Or Donald Trump, big liar, lied a lot. Joe Biden, liar. Barack Obama, liar. They all lie. Like, that's part of the job, dude. You, you, every, if you don't think every politician is somewhat of a sociopath, you're, you're, you're crazy. You're delusional. They, that's part of the job description. You kind of have to be a sociopath. You have to be able to, to, like, if you're going to be a president, you got to be able to, uh, on a, on a Sunday morning, Click a like, give the word and 
erase an entire village in fire and flame and then go on the go on the uh, press circuit the same night and talk about how great everything is. That's a sociopath. Act like you didn't just wipe out an entire village. <laughs> uh, yeah. Politicians are sociopaths. Presidents especially. Narcissistic sociopaths. I don't give a fuck how much you like them. The only thing I ever want in a... In a, in a the reason I would think Obama was a better president than most is because he was a statesman. He was a, he was a good speaker. He made you feel comfortable. But he did so while dropping bombs on schools. You know what I'm saying? He made you feel good and comfortable. At the same time, late at night, he was dropping bombs on, on schools in fucking Afghanistan and shit. So just think about that. Now that I've gave you all the now now that I really just brought the brought everything down with that beautifully dark turn I'm going to talk about something really really um awesome that happened to me um this is life changing stuff that I want to talk about here this is real like a joke I make we make comedy we make Bits, we say funny stuff, and then we get serious, okay? And this is that time. I'm going to get a little serious on you, okay? And I'm going to be emotional. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be honest. And I just want I just want to... There's times in this show where I want to be open with you guys. I want to be myself. I want to tell you, you know, I, I just want to be me. And I want to, like, express myself. And... Be an open door. Be an open book. You know, I want to be able to fill you in on my life, okay? And so with that, I just want to tell you this. I I want to tell you about a really, really huge thing that happened to me, okay? So, um, for the past six months, I have been working on um i've been i've been working on filing my dad's life insurance policy so for those of you that may not be aware my dad passed away may of last year and shortly afterwards we were able to get in contact he had a life insurance policy we got in contact with them we had to, so first, the first thing, so this was, this has been a whole series of things, okay? There's been a, a lot of, there's been a lot of potential roadblocks, okay? There have been a lot of things that I was uncertain about, things that I wasn't going to hold my breath over. First things first, I wasn't even sure it was going to be a, an intact policy, right? Like, I wasn't, sh- my, now this is, kind of shitty for me to say. But I didn't necessarily have faith that my dad was either keeping up on paying for it, because he talked about this thing to me all the time. He told me, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you go back to the episode with my dad, he brings it up. He talks about it. So he was adamant about it. He was very proud of this, okay? He was very proud that he had done this, that he had made the effort to ensure himself, to ensure his life, and uh, that he was that he was going to leave something behind, and so, but even with that, even with how much he was proud of it, how much he talked about it, how much he like stood by it, I still had my doubts, and I feel bad about that. I had my doubts that he kept the policy intact. I had doubts that the policy itself was even, you know, a good policy, or with a good company, or anything like that. And I, I'm not going to go into why I think that. Like, if, if you knew my dad or if you knew my dad like I did, you would understand why I had my doubts, okay? Well, uh, turns out, policy was intact. The policy was good. And it happened to be with a really good company. So, that was the first roadblock. We got past that. Now they need all the information, right? I got to give them the accident report. I need to give them, um, the toxicology report. 
I need to give them, you know, all this information, right, that they need to look over to make sure that um, the manner of death was within the policy description. And so now we start sweating a little bit, right? I I've met, I I told you all he he died in a motorcycle accident. And my first thought, again, doubt, reasonable doubt on this case, I was worried he had alcohol in his system. Now, be, based on the time of day, based on the fact that it was uh early in the day and I, I had my, you know, I, I thought, I felt comfortable thinking he, he probably hadn't drank, but you know, he's a Craig, he's my dad, I know him all too well, and he liked to drink, and he had a little flask, so maybe he had a little sippy sippy of that flask before he hopped on that bike, you know what I'm saying? So, now, starting to sweat a little bit more, right? I didn't see the toxicology report, I didn't, you know, it was included with the with the accident report. So I send that in and then um, they're, they're reviewing it. It was being reviewed for months. Like I, I think it was on hold because they had other, other uh, re- policies they were, they were reviewing and things like that. So it was a little behind. Right. And so they, th- I got in contact with them to see where it was, like how, how all that was going. If they had gotten my information and they said, yes, they're just waiting to process this. And then they go, well, we actually still need a copy of the toxicology report. And I had thought it was included with the um, the uh, accident report. I thought I had seen it in there. And so I mentioned that, and I was like, oh, well, I, I can certainly get a hold of the toxicology report. Now, let me just add this. There are so many hoops you have to jump through in order to obtain a toxicology report or to obtain an accident report. You gotta, you know, you have to wait for that to process. So that that that's what was taking so long, right? We had to wait. It took like over a month for them to process the the uh, accident report. I had to send it like a request, and then that took time. It was it was everything took time. There's a lot of red tape you got to go through, and so then they tell me we got to get that toxicology report. So we start working on getting that right. And like I said, I thought it was in the accident report, but now here's another hoop we got to jump through. We got to go get that toxicology report, which could be the make or break in whether or not this policy even stands, right? And then I got a letter in the mail and I was thinking, you know, I I see the the company name and I'm like, okay, this, I know what this is. This is going to be them just like giving me a written request for the toxicology report or saying, cause they sent me a letter before saying, Hey, we still are waiting for your information. Cause I was waiting on the accident report. They're like, cause I had, I had called just to make sure it was still an intact policy before. And then they had started, you know, the policy was open for, I, you know what I mean? Like it, I can't think of the word, but anyway, so I get this letter and I'm like, okay, I know what this is going to be. It's going to be the uh, request for the toxicology report. I'm going to have to, um, or it's going to say, we're, we're still waiting. Please call us and notify us of the, um, where you're at in the process, you know? So I open this letter expecting that's what it's going to be. And I look down and it's a check. So... The to- the the toxicology report was in the uh, accident report, like I had thought. And I'm looking at this check, and I'm telling you right now, my heart skipped a couple beats. I legitimately fell to my knees. I'm not going to disclose the number, okay? Because that's a little rude to talk about, to discuss finance things like that. And I'm not, I'm not here to, to do that. I'm not here to like, I'm not here to give numbers. Okay. What I will tell you is it's a life changing number. Okay. It's going to change a lot of people's lives. Okay. 
I, if mine for sure, because I was the major, I was, he left it to me. I was the beneficiary, right? And it's crazy. Like, it's absolutely fucking crazy. My whole life, my, my entire life, all I've ever wanted was financial security. I just, all I ever wanted was to not have to, like, look at my bank account every day just to make sure I was still good, you know? I wanted to be able to to buy dinner for the for the night and not feel like that was going to hurt me. I wanted to be able to, like, see something I, I wanted and even if it was just, like, a hundred bucks, not have to decide if it was, you know, within the budget or, or within my means. I wanted to be able to buy people Christmas presents that they wanted, not not like the discount version of it. Or, you know, be able to spend, a, like, put a down payment on a house. Or if my truck had problems, I could easily pay for it without worrying. You know what I mean? That's all I've ever wanted in life. And now I have that. And it's fucking incredible. And I, so first of all, the reason I never talked about this, okay, I, I never made any mention of this. I never told this, I, 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 only a few people even knew that this uh, policy existed. And none of us knew whether it was going to be legit or that it was going to go through. And the reason I never talked about it is, is I didn't want to get my hopes up. You know what I mean? I didn't want to get my hopes up. I didn't want to get other people's hopes up. Um, I didn't want to jinx anything. And I didn't even want to talk about this. I didn't even want to talk about getting it, you know? And the, But the reason I did, the reason I decided to is first and foremost, this is a, a major thing to happen to me. Like, this is a huge event in my life. Like I said, this is life-changing for me. And this podcast is, is you know, it's about, I, I want to be open and I want to be transparent with you guys. I want to be able to tell my story and to tell to tell my good fortunes and to tell my bad fortunes. You know, I, I talk enough about the bad shit, depression and things like that. I should be able to talk about the good stuff. I'm not I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want it to sound braggy, okay? But because this is such a, an important event for me, it's why I want to talk about it. The number two reason I want to talk about it, this is my dad's legacy. Like, th- he was, he talked about this so proudly. He was so proud of the fact that he had done this important thing, that he was going to leave me with something to, to, to change and better my life. And he did. It's his legacy to me. Um, you know, I grew up poor. I grew up with nothing, you know. We, we felt like we had stuff. I'm not going to sit here I had nothing. I had, you can have everything while at the same time having nothing. If that makes sense. I had family. I had friends. I was, you know, fortunate enough to be part of um, groups that made me feel like I was being able to, you know, I was able to do things, go to events, things like that. And as I got older, we, we got financially stable enough to be able to have fun and do things and, you know, whatever. But, um... Ultimately, we were still poor, you know, like I remember day, you know, you'd come home, the lights weren't on and they wouldn't be on for a few days until we had enough money to scrape together and get the lights on. Sometimes the water would be off. We'd have to go to the YMCA to shower. I remember those days. I mean, there was days we were, there was a time in my life we didn't have a home. We were couch surfing. I was 10 years old and we were couch surfing. And I and because of that, I told myself that I was never going to live like that. Ever. 
I wanted to make sure I was always going to have enough money in the bank where I was comfortable. Like I had a, a, a nest egg, a safety net. And I always have. Ever, as, as, as long as I've had a job, as long as I've been able to work, I've saved money. Whether it was change, whether it was just putting my nose to the grindstone and, and spending months at a time not spending money so I could build, build a nest egg. I did it. I, I worked hard to make sure I had the money of com- at least minor comfort, right? And, you know, even still, like, I haven't, I, I, make no mistake about it, I haven't worked, I haven't worked paycheck to paycheck in a very long time. I worked hard to make sure that wasn't the case, to where I could go on vacations, things like that, you know? I was able to, to make my life comfortable. And even still, though, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd have to check the, the bank account. I'd have to, I'd have to finance, I'd, or I'd have to, like, um, keep note of what I was spending and when I was spending it and how much I was spending, things like that. I had to be conscious of that thing. And to an extent, I still do. I'm not going to go crazy here. But there's a, a bigger sense of relief now. And the first thing that I'm doing with this money is I'm going to give almost a quarter of it away. I mean, I'm, who am I to, to keep this all to myself, you know? I always told myself, if I ever obtained a large quantity of money, whether, you know, m- namely lottery was always the thought, you know, you win the big lottery... First thing I wanted to do was give it a, give so much of it to my friends and my family. And that's what my dad wanted too. I'm not doing this just because I want to, but I know that's what he wanted me to do. And that's why he entrusted me with this money because he knew I would do what's right with it. So the first thing I'm going to do with this is I'm giving a quarter of it to my family I'm going to give a little bit to my friends because they've been with it through me. They've been through it with me. They've helped me out throughout my life. And I'm ready to pay it, you know, whatever I can do to pay it back. Right. And it's easy for me to think that I didn't earn this money. You know, that's an easy thought. And, and, and it's true. Like I didn't earn this money. But I did pay for it with one of the most precious things that you can lose, and that's someone's life. I had to pay for this with someone's life. So to anybody who might think that this was unearned wealth, trust me, I paid for it. And I plan on paying it back to others because that's how you should live your life. I, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be greedy. And it was, it was, trust me, it was hard. It was hard not to be. You see a number and you, it's hard to not want it all. But I, anytime I thought that way, I was like, no, that's not right. That's not who I am. Share the wealth. All you gotta do is share the wealth. Oh no, don't you keep your good luck to yourself. Nah, man, you gotta share the wealth. Spread love, spread positivity, spread, spread the wealth out. And that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to do good things for me. I'm going to, I'm going to better my life. And a lot of that money is going into savings. And I'm going to figure out how to invest that money and to make it grow for itself. I'm going to be smart about this. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to go off the deep end. I've had a, I've had to really sit down and, and tell myself that. So... So yeah, that's that's my big news. That's the big that's the big thing here, you know, and it's fucking amazing. It's life-changing. I'm blessed. I'm th- I thank God all the time for my blessings. I I truly do, and I truly mean it. And I thank my dad for what he did in in being able to to do this for me. Now I said I said I wasn't going to tell you the number. And I won't. I'm going to keep that to myself. I'll, I'll share that 
information with my close fr- my close family and maybe some of my friends. I'm not here to to you know brag or anything like that. With that being said, I will say this. Back alert, major bag alert, major bag alert, major bag alert. It's different now. Did I not tell you if I ever got any kind of money, I'd be different. I'd ride different, baby. <laughs> I'm I'm totally just kidding. The absolutely joking. It's here I am saying I wasn't going to brag. Bag alert, you might as well call it brag alert at this point. And even with this outfit, you could even say fag alert. But, you know. <laughs> um, you know how much I joke about no dance. Well, even when I was saying that in the past, it wasn't exactly true. But now, for the first official time, I can legitimately say... One make a fucking dent. <laughs> oh boy, life is so fucking good, guys. It's so good. And like I said, I'm I'm this is a joke. I'm just fucking around. I thought that would be a funny little bit right there. And I uh I I am thankful. I am grateful. I am thankful. Um I got to be honest, man, I was a little scared at first when I got that, you know, because immediately the first thing that happens when, when you get something like that, the first thing that floods into your mind is like, Ooh, Ooh, I can do this. I can do this. I want to get this. I want to do all, you know, you're thinking about all these things that you can do and you want to do them all right now. But I had to stop. I gave myself time to really reflect and think about it. Now that it was a reality, this wasn't just a a dream or a possibility. This was now a reality. I had to think about it, you know, and slow slow it down a little bit. Just take it all in. And um, yeah, so uh, just take it little by little, figure out how to invest that money, make it grow for itself so that I don't go broke. I'm not back to where I was, you know. And, but most importantly, I got to take care of my family and my friends. I got to take care of everybody else. I'll take care of myself. Don't, don't worry about that. But this is not just a me thing. This is, this is an us thing here. And you know, it's going to help benefit this podcast. Hey, who fucking needs ads, right? Who needs ads now? It's going to help benefit this podcast. It's going to help benefit my band. More people than me are going to, are going to thrive on this. Trust me with that. And I'll be able to I'll be able to eventually move into a nice bigger home like I've always wanted. So many dreams are starting to become reality. And I got to take it slow. I can't be Mr. Charity at the bar anymore. You know, I can't I I will I'll st- just as much as I always was, but I can't just do it every night, right? I'm not going to be like shots all around. I can't do crazy shit like that. I can't just like throw money around like like a fucking maniac like I like I usually do. I can't gamble. I can't I can't go on a fucking gambling spree. Can't do anything like that. I got to be smart. And that's what I plan on doing. So as much as this is an absolute joke, I'm dead serious when I say I'm going to do right by others and I'm going to be responsible with this and I'm going to I'm going to treat it like the blessing that it is. So just wanted to share that with you guys. Big news. Life-changing news. Might be one of the biggest things, you know. It's it's as life-changing as losing my dad, you know. It's and and a lot of the time, you know, the people I have told about this, their responses are, dude, that's I'm I'm happy for you, but I'm still sorry because of the out, you know, how this happened. But, you know, I look at it like a positive through a negative, you know, like it, it's not all bad. Like not everything. It, it's not all negative. My dad did this for a purpose. He left me this. This was his purpose. This was his legacy that he left behind. 
So there is a positive in this. There's a positive outlook of all this. And I will make sure that this money does not go to, to poor use. And that's why he entrusted me with it. I could be a total piece of shit and keep it all for myself. That's just not who I am, you know? That's not who I want to be. And people will remember me for that more than they'll remember me for the money I have. You know what I mean? And I, and, and I also, I do not want to diminish my work ethic. I want my work ethic to stay the same. I want to be hardworking. I don't, I'm glad I got this when I did. I didn't get this when I was 22, you know, when I would have just blown it on bullshit. Like now I know I've gone 30 years of my life having to grind. So I think that'll be instilled in me. Hopefully it will be. I, I plan on not losing that. I, I got to keep the, you got to keep the work ethic strong. You got to stay working hard. And that's what I plan on doing. So um, moving on, moving forward. Uh, I do want to talk about this movie, the the Banshees of Inishirin. Okay, so this is a movie that takes place in Ireland. Okay, this is a um, a nominated award nominated movie starring Colin Farrell and oh, I knew I was gonna forget his name, uh, Gleason. Uh, not no, not Jackie Gleason. Um. Is it Gleason? What the hell is his name? God damn it. I knew I was going to forget it. Glenn? Ah, fuck. Anyway, it's a it's a um movie set in Ireland. It's it's like an art film, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of hard to follow and I'm sure there's deep like I know there's deeper meanings to the storyline, but like the basic storyline in it is kind of hard to follow it's it's like a dark comedy and it's it's serious at times and um it's a good movie it really is like i'd have to really i'm so dumb when it comes to shit like that that i i don't like see the the message behind the like the the hidden message and all that stuff i i'm just not capable of seeing that so I'll have to I'll have to like look into it's a good movie though. I, I highly recommend it's on HBO Max. Um But I was watching this movie and like the main thing I got out of it, honestly, out of anything, was uh It was the how much I really want to go to Ireland now. You know? I, I was already planning on going to Ireland. Like that was a guarantee. That's what I'm doing for my 30th birthday, hands down, no doubt about it. I already had my plan on how I was going to be able to afford to do it. But now I don't got to worry about that so much because Right? <laughs> but no, seriously, I it, it, this movie just made me really want to go to Ireland. And so now like now I definitely am. Um but yeah, Banshees of Inner Sharon, I wish I had more to talk about it with. But I just want to bring that up real quick because it was a movie I watched recently. And I'm dumb when it comes to art films. So, but yes, I will be going to Ireland. Um, and last but not least, the last thing I want to talk about here. Real quick, let's end on a, on a fun note again. I'm going to give you a pet peeve of mine, okay? Major pet peeve right here absolutely drives me nuts when I'm looking through Snapchat or I'm looking on Facebook and I see somebody went to a concert, right? They're post, you know, they're, they're taking pictures. They're posting about this concert they're at. And as I'm looking at the video, they're taking videos and it's the entire show. Like, like, they're recording the, like, full songs. They're recording, like, the whole show. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, did you even watch the show? Were you even there? Or the amount of, like, you know, people go to, you know, on, on vacations to uh, Hawaii or to Ireland, things like that. And the thing, everyone wants to document all their major events, like the events in their lives. Like I get major events like weddings and things like that, but everyone wants to document everything they do. And it's like, 
How about instead of documenting it, like being so worried about documenting it, be more worried about experiencing it, you know? Like, I get it. Take a couple pictures. That's fine. That's fun. I do the same thing. But to spend your, you're basically spending your entire time on the phone making sure you're capturing the moment so that you can look back on it later or that you can, even more so, what I think people like to do is boast to their friends, like, look what I'm doing, look at all this, look at how much fun I'm having. But are you really having that much fun? Because you're too busy focusing on capturing the moment and not living in it. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, you might be dead and gone, and people will get to see all the great things you did, but you'll be on your deathbed, and all you'll remember is zoom, click the click the play button, click the stop button, post it. And the whole time, you weren't even experiencing it. You weren't even getting the feeling of the concert. You weren't even getting to, like, take in the scenery of the beach. You know, you were too busy focused on, how's this picture going to look? How do I look in this picture? Oh, I got to edit that. You know, you're, people are too focused on capturing the moment and sharing it with the world when they're not even capturing the moment to themselves. You can be somewhere and not be present. And that's very clear with a lot of people. You can be plenty of places and not even be there. Because if you're not checked in, if you're not like honed in on what's going on around you, are you really even there? No. So... With that, I just want to say, live your life. Experience your life. Don't worry so much about capturing it or, you know, don't worry so much about trying to, trying to share the moment. Live the moment. Don't share the moment. Like, half the people out there don't even give a fuck about what you're doing. You should. You should care what you're doing. You should care about the experiences you're having, not care about what everyone else thinks about it. Enjoy it. You can't enjoy it when you're too busy focused on like sharing it with the world. I get it. Take a couple pictures, whatever, that's fine. But I would rather look at a single picture from a concert I went to and be like, oh yeah, I do remember that. And then remember all the feelings and the actual sights I saw. I'm going to document everything. That's what everybody does on Instagram and stuff. That's why I fucking hate social media. Everybody's so worried about documenting what's happening. And like, I get that's kind of what I'm doing here. But I do this once a week for an hour. That's easy. I'm not sitting here like, and I am filming too, which is funny. But it's just different. when you're. I'm not sitting here at a concert, like broadcasting the concert without getting to watch any of it. Go to the show and enjoy it. Go to the go to the event, whatever it is. Enjoy the moment. Don't focus on on capturing it for for the world to see. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, I just want that was, that was something I wanted to say just because that's a huge pet peeve of mine. It drives me absolutely nuts when I see people doing that. So anyway, I think that'll just about wrap us up here. I uh, appreciate you. Joining me today, please do me the favor of like, sharing, subscribing, commenting, posting, you know, check us out on Facebook. I mean, not Facebook. I should get a Facebook page. I really should. But check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you If you only listen on YouTube... Hey, go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow us there too. Those numbers help. If you're on the other, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You know, those numbers help us. Please, hey, you know what else? Please do me the favor. Go back and listen to the last episode with Coach Haran O'Neill. That was an absolute pleasure to have him. And it was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. So please go check that out. Go, go listen to previous episodes. Go listen to past episodes. Go way back to the beginning. Listen to the early ones. They suck, but hey, you know what? You'll see the evolution of the podcast. Um, don't be a boring son of a bitch and wait in lines for fast food joints. Okay? Like, 
Just don't be that guy. You have much better things to do with your life. Trust me. You can wait on the chicken sandwich. You, you, I'm sure you can wait. Um, don't, uh, don't worry about capturing the event. Live the event. Experience the event. And, um, you know, most importantly, don't forget. No, dance, baby. <laughs> most importantly, live your life to its fullest. Experience life. Do, do whatever makes you happy. Love life. Be respectful. Be kind. Help out others. And don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it.